0: It's 7.34. This is Ira on Sports on 95.9, the true oldies channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. It's time to bring in Andrew Catalan. You know him. CBS play-by-play. NFL, NCAA hoops, uh, golf. You can follow him on Twitter, at Andrew Catalan. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us once again here on Ira on Sports. And do you think Ira's crazy? He's got Super Bowl aspirations for the Steelers. (laughs) Well, guys, first, thanks for having me on. Happy holidays. I appreciate you uh, having me back on your show. And and, look, obviously I was there yesterday. I called the, the Steelers-Cardinals game on CBS, and, you know, I'm really impressed with Pittsburgh. I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on the Super Bowl, but <laughs> I, 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 I do want to see how they can, you know, reintegrate Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner once they're finally healthy. Because I think to Ira's point, or to your point, like I, I think the defense, they, they are Super Bowl caliber or championship caliber, but to me, it's the offense, obviously, that is going to have to figure out a way to consistently score points. And, you know, when you're talking about the playoff seeds, Duck Hodges going on the road in tough environments, uh, you know, that, that's my question for them as they would progress through January.
1: Ira, what do you have? Andrew, but aren't you impressed with the Steeler play, calling? Like, it was like they were – there was the whole kitchen sink – I guess the kitchen sink with Freddie kitchen, but not his thing, but someone else's thing, but they were using every play reverses, um, using people. Did, I have never seen the Steelers have never had an offense like they tried. I mean, they were doing and it was working. I mean, they were bringing, they were playing four uh, running backs uh, and, and, and just doing every single thing possible to confuse Arizona and it, and, it, and it, was, it was conservative, but it actually worked.
0: Yeah. You know, and part of that is because they have so many new parts on offense that, you know, there's only a certain number of plays that Deion Kane has. There's only a certain number of runs that Kareth White is capable of doing as they try to just, you know, play catch up. These are all guys they've added within the last few weeks. So, you know, I think that's part of it. And the other part of it is they don't have, you know, the home run hitter right now. They They don't have the guy that can consistently take the top off a of defense or break out a 15 yard run. So, I love the way they're piecing it together. I think each week is a different game plan. But, again, the key for them offensively is trying to get Schuster, Smith Schuster and Connor back. If they can do that, then my perspective on them you know, really making a run will change.
1: Well, you were at the Cincinnati. You were covering the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game when they when Tomlin. I was saw the moment when it was bounced when uh, when Mason Rudolph bounced the ball to DeAndre Johnson, and Tomlin just looked at Dak Hodges like you're in <laughs> that type of look. Um, <laughs> talk about in terms of, of, of what the Steelers see in Dak Hodges and why they were so quick to make that move and, and, and confident that that, that and, and clearly make the statement last week that like he's the quarterback for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, what a story. I mean, you know, I, I had so many additional nuggets that I that I just didn't have time to work into the broadcast yesterday. But, but in sitting and chatting with Doug Hodges for about 20 minutes on Saturday afternoon, it's really fascinating, his path. And, you know, I think a big thing that he told us was being on the practice squad earlier in the year and taking those scout team reps, it, it accomplished a number of things. First, it helped him identify protections better. I mean, at Samford he was just throwing five wides, throwing the ball 60 times, get it and go. There wasn't really much in terms of identifying a defense. So that was a big adjustment for him. So it certainly helped when he was on the practice squad against the first team Steelers defense, which he also said, you know, was was a big help because as you guys have talked about, they have a very good defense. So for him to go against them in practice every day was huge. And, you know, I, I just think that, he's so laid back. I mean, what you see is what you get. He doesn't seem to get rattled. And I think Mike Tomlin really appreciates that and likes that. I I think that, you know, even though yesterday was a road game, it didn't feel like a road game, but you know, I, I definitely feel that there's a certain confidence that he has, not an arrogance, but a confidence that Hodges has that he can go out there and get the job done. And the game doesn't seem too fast for him. He lets it come to him and, and he made some really nice plays yesterday. Even you know a couple of scrambles when uh, you know nothing was there, he's able to find some running lanes. So you know, again, it's three starts. Can't go crazy, but but he certainly put the Steelers in position to make the playoffs.
1: Well, I'm I'm allowed to go crazy, <laughs> I'm to go crazy. <laughs> but anyway. But you also had a chance this week to talk to Kyler Murray, and and I get a sense of I mean he. Uh, I mean, Arizona's given him the team that he's. They got rid of Josh Rosen for him. He's their man, and started out great the first part of the, the season. But the last couple games, it seems like have teams either caught up to what he's doing, is he is it, he's it, he did not seem to be confident. Uh, that one fourth and two play when he could easily got the first down and probably the touchdown by running it. He tries to force the pass. He seems to be. Uh, he doesn't have that explosiveness i saw him in the orange bowl against alabama where he just they couldn't tackle him and he seems like they just touch him uh you just you know, he was arm tackling him the whole game and and sacking him so what, what what's his feeling in of uh, going into the now the final like three games of the season
0: yeah well you're right you know they did, they did get off to a good start in terms of the offense and and actually the offense has done fairly well this year it's really been the defense that that's just killed arizona but you know he did have a a bad hamstring the week before and, and that was their worst game of the year against the rams they did, they just took it on the chin against l a and you know they played a little bit better against Pittsburgh but you know to me, Pittsburgh has one of the better defenses in the n f l so I totally agree with you first of all, I would have kicked a field goal but 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 on that fourth and two play, he had a running lane. maybe the hamstring's in his mind, maybe he's thinking you know I'm still not there yet with my hamstring he He told us that the hamstring was fine but yeah, I don't expect a lot of guys to go out there and and make any excuses. So maybe that was a factor. I think I think in time this offense is going to be okay. I, I think I think Cliff Kingsbury could be a very good offensive head coach. Whether or not that translates to the whole team, well, you know, time will tell. He's still a young guy and it's only his first year. But you know, clearly they need to shore up their defense. But yeah, I think that there are a lot of positives and they've been happy with Kyler Murray for the most part this year.
1: So, I mean, you're with these backup quarterbacks stepping in. You were at the game, and we're going to mention a name that most people don't know because it's like with a game that, that, uh, that this even today's game, no one saw it was on. It was that the Denver uh, Charger game, but Drew Locke two weeks ago uh, from Missouri, who weeks ago, for like last year, people were saying, oh, might be top first-round pick, but then did have a good senior year. But boy, what a first two. He's been hurt the whole part of the year. But what a, you saw him in the Chargers his first game of Drew Locke. So if Drew Locke ends up to being a Heisman, I mean a Heisman, the NFL MVP, you like saw the first game. But talk about the emergence. <laughs> Finally, has Denver found their quarterback after these two games with Drew Locke for Adam Missouri?
0: Yeah, you know, he, he's another guy that when you met with him, it wasn't arrogance, but it was confidence. And, and he had a lot of faith and belief in what he can do out there. And, you know, I think it's a good situation for him now. Denver, I don't think they've been mathematically eliminated, but they're, you know, all intents and purposes are out of it. And, you know, he can go out there and not worry about making some of these rookie mistakes. And, and you know, they have some really good young guys on offense. Cortland Sutton is one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. And the first-round pick, Noah Fan, has really come along. I know he got hurt yesterday, but I, but I do believe that, that he could be a piece for them for years to come. And Philip Lindsay is an excellent running back. So I think that he's got playmakers around him. He's got the confidence. He's got John Elway, who's at every practice. And certainly he could bounce whatever he needs to off John Elway. And even Joe Flacco has been a big help to Drew Locke as well. So, yeah, I mean, two starts. I mean, to me, that's, yesterday is one of the biggest surprises of the NFL season what Denver did in Houston. I mean, I, I'm still stunned by not only the result, but just the, the way it happened, the score. It's just unbelievable to me that Houston could do that after they beat New England in a game they had to have. So, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to Denver and to Drew Locke, and, and certainly if he can continue on this trend over the last three games, you know, I think that's definitely going to steer John Elway and the Broncos away from drafting another quarterback or going after a free agent quarterback. I would assume that he'd be the guy, you know, in the offseason going into week one next year.
1: Well, you mentioned that Houston uh, again. I mean, Deshaun Watson one week looks like MVP, Deshaun Watson, and the second next week he looks like what's he doing? And uh, you, I think, uh, dude, you did the Raiders. Uh, Texans games a few weeks ago, but I mean, what did you? I mean, he had a. And, and he, uh, what what is happening with Houston? I mean, as a Steelers fan, I almost hope like it'll be a wild card. I'm like hoping that they have Houston in the first round because it's like a team that is like tailor made for the Steeler defense to force Watson into like four interceptions and stuff like that. What where do you think is what is happening with Houston?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I watched a lot of the game two weeks ago on Sunday night when they beat new England and I, I thought they looked great. And then I didn't get to watch much yesterday, but obviously I saw the result and, and saw some of the highlights and I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of Deshaun Watson. To me, he's one of the, the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I really believe that. I think that obviously he's still young, but he he's, he's already in that top five class for me. I think he's that good. And Deandre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the NFL. So I don't know what happened yesterday. I, I mean, Vic Fangio has got a very good defense with Denver, uh, so so that's part of it. But but there's no excuses for Houston yesterday. That that is a game that they just got blown out at at home, coming off a of New England win. And and you're right that you know they have the talent to to make a run, but there's nothing guaranteed with this team. I mean, if you if they went out and lost a, a home you know wild card game to the Steelers or the Bills. I don't think anybody would be surprised, especially after what they saw yesterday. So they have three games to get it right. And, and again, two games ago they beat New England. So, I, you know, I can't, can't go crazy after this one game. But, but it's a head-scratcher uh, when, when you see something like that.
1: So if you haven't watched Tennessee, you would think that, oh, it's Marcus Mariota and they, they really just run the ball with Derrick Henry and are really no offense and a lot of defense. And then they take Ryan Tannehill, who down here in West Palm Beach, I'm, I'm in L.A. right now, but, I was, but, I, but we're broadcasting, of course, out of West Palm Beach. And uh, they couldn't wait to get Ryan Tannehill gone. I mean, there was, like, there was no Ryan Tannehill fan club to stay here in Miami. He goes as a backup quarterback to Tennessee, and now he just throws for 300 yards. it seems like, every single game. And, and they're throwing bombs. And they look like St. Louis Rams of 20 years ago in these long passes. Where, what has happened to Tennessee? You know, for
0: Tannehill, I think it just getting a fresh start and a fresh perspective, and being humbled by becoming the backup quarterback after he was the starter for so many years in Miami. I think it's done wonders for him. I think this is like a wake-up call for him, and and sitting and watching and going through the second-team reps the whole first half of the year, and you know that that'll really change your perspective on things. And obviously, whatever it did to him is working because. Yeah, he could be the NFL comeback player of the year. He could get a, a long-term contract by Tennessee when this is all said and done. So kudos to him because you guys know well, after watching him with the Dolphins and I did a number of his games in Miami as well, that, you know, it seemed like his career was kind of puttering out a little bit and then here he is bringing it back and resurrecting it with Tennessee. And, you know, Tennessee is a team that, you know, they play physical. They're very well coached. Mike Vrabel is an excellent coach, and they've got a lot of momentum right now. And, You know, what they did to Oakland yesterday wasn't even a game, and another game Oakland had to have, and then Tennessee blew them away, and the only thing with the Titans you look at is they have three games left, two against Houston, and one against New Orleans, so I know from a Pittsburgh perspective, that's probably music to your ears, because that's a tough schedule to finish up the season, but there's no doubt they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, and certainly capable of getting in the playoffs.
1: And, and to keep it down here in Miami, um, you did the Dolphins twice this year. You did the first game with Baltimore, and then I think you did the Bills game, too. What's your sense? I mean, it, I'm, I'm actually sensing optimism. I know with a three-win team it's hard to sense optimism, but, but I think people like how Miami competes. I think they like Brian Flores as a coach. What's your sense of, of the Dolphins? I mean, they got rid of their entire team. I mean, they thought they were people were surprised they could even score a point this year, let alone win some games.
0: Yeah, you know, I didn't really, you know, the, I was there week one. And, you know, you kind of go in with a blank canvas and then you come away from that game against Baltimore and you're thinking, is Baltimore really this good or is Miami this bad? And and it looked like for a few weeks the answer to the question was Miami's that bad. But, you know, credit to, to Flores because, you know, I, as you said, I had them in Buffalo in mid-October and that was a completely different team than I saw week one against the Ravens. And, you know, I think a lot of it is just the – the sheer number of new players, the guys in and out the door the first month of the season. I know it's it's continued a little bit, but certainly not at the rate that it happened early on, right around week one. And, you know, I, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick telling us week one, I, I, there was a guy in the huddle at practice that, that he didn't even know his name. I mean, those types of <laughs> things, while they sound crazy, were actually true. And, and, and credit to them, they have settled in. Uh, they are playing hard. And I think they they have a guy here in Flores who can be the coach for a long time. I mean, I really like his makeup. I like his background, the way he's – this journey that's taken him to be the head coach of the Dolphins. And I think guys are going to want to play for him. So, no, and also I think, you know, they have some draft capital now. They have some money to spend. They're an organization that is is positioned to make some big improvements starting this offseason. I'm actually going to be down there again next week for the week 16 game against the Bengals. And again, I, I think it'll just be a, a totally night and day from when I was there week one. I feel like the culture is more ingrained now and that that they're, again, you say three wins, but I, I feel like that they're heading in the right direction.
1: Well, I guess the Bengals are going to be nervous about New England videotaping, and I mean, you would think that I, people don't know the story was this week that today that the Bengals criticized New England of taping the Bengals, and it ended up they were just doing a documentary on a guy, and it was just crazy. And I'm like thinking, I think the Bengals have more to worry about than 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 the, than the, than the, than the Patriots taping them, but. Uh, but uh, we're talking to Andrew Catalon of CBS Sports, uh, who uh, the uh, does broadcast the besides the NFL football for CBS, but also the Masters and the uh, NCAA college basketball tournament. But just a couple more questions, and, and we're going to get to the top teams right now. And, and I know you saw Lamar Jackson and the Ravens that first week, but um, you've caught them, uh, the rest, and they have just this emergence. I mean, people like Baltimore when the year started, but this is just, I mean, they've won nine in a row. They're dominating uh, they've, what they did to the Rams uh, on Monday night a few weeks ago. I don't think anyone's seen that in a game, especially how well the Rams have played since then. But uh, just talk about what you, where you think Baltimore is and what Lamar Jackson is
0: doing to the league. Back to week 1 when I was down in I was in Fort Lauderdale at the Ravens Hotel the night before week 1 and John Arba was in our meeting and he told us that what they did with their offense in the off season is going to change the way people think about playing football going forward. And I said to him I said, "John, that's a pretty bold statement." He <laughs> goes, "I know." And I'm going to look really silly. If our offense comes out and doesn't move the ball and score points and put up a whole bunch of yards. But that's how confident I feel about what we have. And that was Saturday night, September 7th.
1: Wow. Now, that's I mean, he, then, he's, but Mark Ingram he's 100%, 100% a as, true. What's that? But, but Mark Ingram has played a big role as running back, too. I mean, besides Jackson, I mean, Ingram is just like, it just seems like every piece fits. They have. It just—I mean—from the offensive line to their tight ends, it's just they're perfect. And Lamar, what I like, what I—the problem I have is he seems—he's so intelligent. He knows when it's third and two, how to get that first down. He—they don't—he doesn't try to throw a fifty-yard pass all the time. It's just—he plays smart. He makes the right decisions. And for a second-year player, that's surprising.
0: Yeah, to your point, they could beat you in so many different ways. You want to get a goal line package in there, give it to Ingram. They got a fullback. They got a—they got two tight ends. You want to go deep and spread them out. Hollywood Brown he flies down the field i mean they they
1: they have so many different ways they can beat and then I guess the final the final question would be the question that everyone's been talking about today, and I don't think you've done New England this year yet, but your opinion about the Patriots and about Brady and like what is and in terms of is this? I mean, they have. A, and if you look past the Super Bowl runs, they've had those times where they've they've had struggle. They look terrible. But could this be the end, or is this just that small little speed bump, and they're going to figure it out uh, for the for the playoffs?
0: Actually, having this week for the first time, I'll be doing their game in Cincinnati. So I'm curious to see what they're all about. Uh, I definitely think that it's going to be a fascinating, you know, spot that they're in, with a lot of people counting them out. I'm still am not one of those guys. I still feel like this is just a slump. And yeah, are they as good as they were years ago? Probably not. But at the same time, they're still a team that's capable, I think, of winning the Super Bowl. So I'm really curious to see them this week. It'll be the first time I've ever had them. And uh, I know it's in Cincinnati, but they, this is an important game for them. They've got to get right. They've got to feel good about themselves going into the playoffs.
1: So, in doing your preparation for the game, you you talk to the coaches and the you, the quarterbacks and the coaches also. Uh, I mean, that's an insight that I mean, it's that must be tremendous because you'll get to talk to Belichick and Brady.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's part of our our meetings every week with the teams. We talk to the coaches, maybe a coordinator, and, and then whatever players we uh, we'd like to chat with. So it should be fascinating, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for coming. I mean, you're, the insight on the AFC, I mean, your focus, of course, is the AFC, but it's great, and uh, I just, I mean, I love this year. I think this has been a, just an awesome year for football, uh, and, and surprising because everyone thinks, like, again, Lamar, when that first week when he said about Lamar Jackson, it's like no one, the things are happening that we didn't expect, and, and I think that's what's so exciting about Latina. You have just no idea, like, who's going to be crowned the NFL champion, because it could be anybody at this phone right now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's been an awesome year. And week to week, you just never know what's going to happen, as we saw yesterday, and we talked about with Houston and Denver. So I think we're we're set up for a, another big uh, playoff run here into the playoffs in January. I can't wait to see how it unfolds.
1: Thanks a lot, Andrew, for coming on, and maybe we'll have you back. Uh, when it's warmer, we'll uh, for some golf and uh, and talk about with the Masters coming up because we're gonna we're gonna spend some time on our show talking about Tiger. But it looks like he's healthy and uh, could have a nice run this year in uh, uh, for go- in the Masters.
0: Yeah, can't wait. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me on.